It's time for the adventures of Stumpy and Grumpy. Got any pithy, pithy sayings? Join us as we celebrate their odd friendship and their love of all things Australian. Why don't you suck on a lemon or something instead? There's plenty of piss in that. And it looks like piss as well. This podcast is intended for adults, so wowzers can go fuck themselves. The things that change for you, uh, in, in, in the things that, that are momentous for you that seem to change, uh, what you do, like things that came out that, that had an import on, on bush poetry, for instance. People, I think. It's mostly people and, uh, and association with them. Uh, for me, Graham Fredrickson is no, no longer with us, sadly. He had a great import on He was my... your, one of your best mates at the time. He was indeed, yes, and also a mentor. And, um, Coral Hartley as well. She used to run on, uh, run a literary magazine. And she took me under her wing. She was an old biddy, but gorgeous lady, and uh, and and showed me that uh, presentation, correct grammar, and I think Graham, you know, really dig down deep. And yeah, uh, yeah. I think for me, always for me, it was uh, it's always been songs. You know, that uh, songs and and musicians that have that have that have changed uh, um, the way people think about. You know, certainly in certainly people like me in the industry. People in the industry, how we feel about uh, music in general. One of the ones for me was, uh, I think, the Flying Emus. When they brought out uh, Bushland Boogie, I think it changed everything. Well, the country's at the seven mile, swing and sway in the boogie style, and the reed beds in the river sweep and sway. Well, the possums hop the ground and clean, the dingo howls in an offy piece, it's a Bushland Boogie. Oh, just outside his old 
Bushland Boogie. Well, Slim Dusty song. When they brought that out, it changed the industry. It did. People thought differently about how you, you know, meant to put bluegrass and, and country and stuff together. It was a really interesting time when they brought that out. It's good when when there's certain songs that that, that that hit or certain styles that hit the airwaves and that and sit up and make you think. Yes, like absolutely. Yes, yeah. yeah. Regardless of whether it's modern or old, you know, I tend to look back, uh, you know, on on the stuff that I like. I tend to you know look backwards in the past. I, as I said to you once, uh, I remember saying to you once, oh, you know, uh, in the eighties, I didn't like current stuff in the eighties, and I didn't like current stuff in the nineties, and I didn't like current stuff in the nineties. And what about now? Well, I still don't like the current stuff that's out now. But hold on. I look back to the 80s, that stuff that I didn't like back then, I still don't like it because it ah, doesn't fit. No. It doesn't fit within uh, my view, if you will, of what country music should be. Now, now whether or not that's that's a, uh, you know... A, 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 subjective? A subjective, a perfectly subjective view. I disagree with it's a perfectly subjective view because basically I take a view about uh, about the genre of country music and certainly Australian country music. And I'll, uh, being a professional in the industry for 50 years now, if anybody can say what country is or what country isn't, I would certainly be one of those people. Would there be any others out there that uh, could say the same thing? Absolutely. Right. And we do. We have discussions like this all the time. Good. Uh, between, you know, in the old days, you know, a lot of us used to talk about, oh, that's, that's, uh, that's not country. And it still isn't. It still isn't country. It doesn't just because it's thirty years old now. It doesn't. It's still it's still not country. It wasn't country then. It's not country now. What sort of difference would it make, though? I mean, the fact that you, you you've got this knowledge um, and you're able to impart it. What's the acceptance rate rate like amongst the modern? Oh, there's very little. I, I see. What people do is when when people get into the business into you know, the business of entertainment. Their, their attitude changes in, in a way because they want to sell records. They want to sell to the public. So the idea that many have, uh, is, 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 is convoluted. It's changed by the industry. So they tend to want to sell records. So they, they tend to want to, you know, get more modern songs and more stuff. It doesn't necessarily fit within the genre though, because, you know, some of us like sticking to our genre, like, you know, we don't like to bust out of that genre. But I think many people that do these days, especially with the, you know, the attitudes of things like uh, genre hopping and all that sort of stuff. I don't have a problem with genre hopping. I think, you know, that's that's the way it should be. But you need to stick within that genre. In the grander scheme of things, though, does it really matter? Oh, I think so. Yes, it does. Why? Well, it's, it's, it's posterity. It's, it's history, heritage and culture. And that's what I'm all about. That's short, fat and frumpy. I notice that I'm taking uh, a lot more interest in, in the up-and-comers uh, on, the, uh, on the stage today, as it were, and I'm finding that they, uh, they write differently and with some is a bit quirky. Some is a lot of shit, too. And, and always has sad, been. Always has <laughs> been, yeah. And that, uh, that sort of interests me to sort of try different uh, styles. It's a good point. It's sort of our job, in a way, because we're in the industry. It's sort of our job to to be that filter. Hmm. You know, you say, "Oh, I'm taking, the, I'm starting to take an interest in a lot of the the newer and younger stuff coming through." I still think that you keep within that genre, though. I still think there's some up and coming, some young artists that you go, "Oh no, that's I don't like that." Hmm. You know, it's not a blanket thing. Whereas I see many people in the industry going, oh, well, anybody under the age of 25 must be fantastic. They're all great. They're all, oh, it's awesome. No, there's, they're, they're, 
No, I don't think I don't quite think that that way. <laughs> I mean, you do need life's experiences and stuff, but by the same token, uh, someone, an old stodgy like me who writes songs about life's experiences, it, it takes it takes bugger all account of uh, of the trials and tribulations that the younger generations come up with now. Yes, sure. we 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 have to uh, face different uh, uh, different challenges uh, as. Sorry, the young ones have to have to face different challenges as we did as kids growing up, but oh, that's we can't yeah. we can't relate as well as the younger kids to uh, to their issues. Probably not. No. With within the same language. No, and and you'll always find people who write and singularly along an emotional line, along a you know, and that's 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 uh, that's really what it should be, you know. That's really heart wrenching, gut wrenching. Yeah, line, talk yeah. about stories that are, that yeah. are meaningful, and I think that's what it's really all about for both of us. I, with my musicianship, I try to paint emotional pictures with my instrumentals. Hmm. I'm a runaway train on a dead end line. There's work on the tracks, but it's gonna take time. The engine's full of coal and burning bright, but the driver's passed out. Ain't nobody gonna blow that whistle No way, no how I got lost in ruby lips And the way a skirt embraced the hips I had that
on a dead end line There's work on the tracks But it's gonna take time The engine's full of coal and burning bright But the driver's passed out on moonshine Ain't nobody gonna blow that whistle Great song. You like, you like that? Andrew Swift, Runaway Train. Yeah, I, I think that was a runner-up. That, that was a runner-up for the uh, twenty nineteen. Yes, he's one of the new yeah. uh, crew that came through. Yeah. See, that's what bothers me about this industry in Australia, though, because they seem to take, they seem to follow an American line. No matter what happens, there seem to be an American line that's followed. Okay, we've got big bearded, big bearded blokey blokes that are making it big in country music in America. Oh well. We better get some big bearded country blokes up here in Australia. How about little bearded blokey blokes too, like you and me? Yeah. <laughs> well, that speaks for itself, doesn't it? It's stumpy and grumpy. So Andrew Swift came on the market because it came on the thing. He's a Melbourne guy too. So, uh, there's this, uh, there's this, uh, um, uh, Melbourne cadre that came through, uh, that were more folk oriented, uh, uh, and that's influence of Roger Corbett and, uh, and uh, Dave Newton on the board of the Country Music Association, I would assume. But uh, they brought a whole swag of that type of stuff into the industry with them when they came in. So Andrew Swift uh, uh, was was one of these blokes that, that came out of the blue. But again, it follows that American tradition, that big bearded blokey sort of thing. That's how it seems to me. And I think there's a corollary there uh, um, for the industry in general over the last 30, 40 years. It's always been that way. Except for this bloke, six foot four of hunky manly goodness, Jeff Brown. <laughs> when this album came out, it was a landmark album, I reckon. Winder up, winder up, you little bulldog pup. It seems to me you know the way I feel. 350 horses strong, this trip won't take so long with you little bulldog nipping at their heels. With this road train at your back None could deny the fact You were built for outback tracks throughout Australia Though some say you're getting old On the bonnet you look bold Crossing 80 tons, there's no way you're a failure When we're steaming down the road You know it makes a man feel proud with your rubber paws a humming and your big stack barking loud. When I change you up or down a gear, you leave a big black cloud. I know you're happy when I'm shoveling in the cold. Every load he use the same, bit cotton, hay or grain. An oversize or maybe general freight Spending weeks out on the track Through the cities and out back Hauling local loads and often it is 
stay With your ears pricked back and chest puffed out You're on a stand, you're strong Not as big as new rigs on the road But you'll pull hard all day long There's no ponies harnessed in your team So you won't put a foot wrong Oh Mac, I'm happy when we're out there on the road You little bulldog pup You're hauling loads with muscles made of steel 350 horses strong This trip won't take so long With you little bulldog nipping at their heel Winder up, winder up You little bulldog pup Seems to me you know the way I feel 50 horses strong This trip won't take so long With you little bulldog Nipping at their heel With you little bulldog Nipping at their heel ah, Little bulldog Ruff, ruff Jeff Brown, fantastic stuff. That was produced by uh, uh, Stewie French. When that came out, I thought that was a landmark album in Australian really country music. Absolute landmark album. Why? Did you like that album when it came out? Oh, I did. I, I really did. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was an absolute landmark album simply because of the fact that that uh, nobody had taken uh, um, the, that that form of, of of bush ballad hillbilly music and put it into a modern texture. That was still viably country. Nobody had done that until that album came along. You reckon? No, nobody. I've, I've played hundreds and hundreds of albums. That, that album stuck out like absolute dog's balls when it came <laughs> out because of the, the way. I, that, I, I like the album. Don't, don't because get me wrong. of yeah. the way that it was produced and the songs that are on there, absolutely spectacular. Yeah. And it really was a landmark album. And what I mean by that is everybody after that came out should be, should be looking at that album. To see how country music's meant to be produced, uh, 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 um, our music, our bush ballads, and our hillbilly music, how it should be pre- produced in a modern way. That is an example of how it should be done. Hmm. Has it been done? Has it been replicated? No, no, not, not really. On on yeah. occasions yeah. they come out, but that whole album was amazing. Uh, Stewie did an amazing job producing that. Oh, album. I love Stewie, yeah. and uh, yeah, but I don't think it has. Mind you, they always hark back to. Uh, the, the previous, there's always that decade look back, you know, as, 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 as people come through, you know. And there's a whole swag of them at the moment that are out, um, over the last 10 years, a whole swag of these, uh, new, uh, hillbilly bush artists that are coming through, such as, uh, um, babyface, uh, Dino Perret, our international, as we call him, Dean Parrott. He does really well, old Dino. But I do like, uh, Brownie, I must confess. He's yeah, good, down to earth sort of a bloke. Well, he's and, a working farmer. And, yeah, well, so is Dino. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I, I find that amazing. In, it reflects in their music. Absolutely, it does. Yeah. And, and this is what I've been talking about all along, about 
the, the, the idea of what country music is and what country music isn't. That is undeniably country, but it has this wonderful modern feel about it. Mm. But it's undeniably country. Indeed. Series 2... You must be kidding me. In your songwriting prowess, have you sold any songs to Dino Perret? Oh, he's taken a few off me. I knew yeah. it, I knew it, I knew yeah. it. That's why you're so pompous about the whole fucking thing. Oh, go and get stuck. That's why it is, because <laughs> you've sold songs to these prints. Oh, mate. Yeah, I like Dino. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Dino, Dino and Jeffo, uh, they... They're, they're two of my faves. I, I prefer uh, uh, Jeff Brown, of course. I just think he's got something really unique about him. Um, Love his voice. Dino, Dean Perret... Um, um, I'll never forgive him for doing that uh, that that uh, bluegrass album in Nashville of Australian classics. I don't think it worked. But this is one. This is one of his. Rain, rain, rain. Good on you, Dino. I watch a storm cloud rising in the western sky. It strikes me like an insult as it blows on by. Delivering an inch of dust instead of rain. To watch a country suffer is a constant strain. Let the heavens open, let it rain, rain, rain. So out on the broad acres will grow grain, grain, grain. A big old monsoon soaking is just what we need. Then out in cattle country they'll be feed, feed, feed. Drain your spirits just like water from the dam And wither like the grasses your dreams and plans Never let dry weather blues get you down Remember in the long run seasons turn around When again the sky will open and we score some decent falls We'll look back and ponder how we made it after all how we scraped and saved and struggled in the battle to survive Thanks to the great creator who keeps this land alive So let the heavens open, let it rain, rain, rain Then out on the broad acres we'll grow grain, grain, grain A big old monsoon soaking is just what we need Then out in cattle country there'll be feed, feed, feed the heavens open, let it rain, rain, rain Then out on the broad acres we grow grain, grain, grain A big old monsoon soaking is just what we need Then out in cattle country they'll be feed, feed, feed That's Rain, 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 Dino Perret or Dean Perret? Yeah, Dino Perret I call him now because of his international context Oh, yeah You've given you've given him an elevated status. Yeah, unfortunately, because he went to Nashville to record a couple of albums, and annoys the shit out of me. There's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> True, good song, great song, actually. Absolutely, and as I said to you before, you know about they they hark back uh, to the previous ten years of other uh, country music artists, and uh, and uh, and uh, the ten years before that, and the ten years before that. People seem to look back, especially songwriters within performing songwriters. Not like yourself. I'm talking about performing songwriters, like a Jeff... I'm a, I'm, I'm a non-performing songwriter. Well, you are. You don't, you don't perform your songs. Oh, no, no, I don't. That's right, yeah. Well, you don't... You don't that's what I'm saying. So yeah. you, you write for literally anybody. If, if you know... Yeah, I'm a, I'm a tart like No, that. no, I'm not yeah. saying no. it's a bad thing, but you literally write because that's your business. You write songs and you have to sell them and you make money out of that. That's what you do. Uh, but some of these guys, you know, they write from... 
from here, their working thing, and they're, they're, they're working farmers, so they, they're, their experiences come from that. And uh, But they look back too, and I, I think if you remember 10 years ago, Graham Roger was the, the biggest thing, you know, in uh, uh, in uh, Hillbilly and, and, and um, Bush music in Australia. And Graham Roger was, oh, Graham Roger this, Graham Roger that, everybody. and he was getting the gold guitars at the time. But I think, you know, one of the finest songs I've heard in... in uh, uh, a white man talking about Australian, about Aboriginal values. I think Graham Rogers is one of those special guys. And, and like from 20 years ago, um, this song's amazing. Carabarra Wirracanna, I think it's absolutely beautiful. Mind you, I did play the fiddle on it, but what the hell. There's a lake in South Australia Little lake with lovely name And the story woven round it From the desert Every night the native mothers Sing this lovely lullaby Croon across the moonlit waters To the star up in the sky Carabarawirakana Little star upon the lake Guide me through the hours of Safely till I wake. Little baby's heads are nodding. Drowsy crooning fills the air. Little eyes at last are closing. And the boat of dreams is there. Guide my boat across the water. Across the water, still and Safely to the land of sleep Wirakana, Little star upon the lake Guide me through the hours of darkness Keep me safely till I wake Beautiful song, Graham it Roger, yeah. uh, Carabarra Wirracanna. Yeah. Who, who's the other? Who, who's the other artist on oh, that? I'm not sure, but it, it sounds like um, what's her name uh, 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 from Alice Springs, Jeanette Wormald. Yeah, if Jeanette Wormald. It sounds yeah. like should have done more research there, shouldn't I? Yeah, you bit slacker. Well, that speaks for itself, doesn't it? It's stumpy and grumpy. So your childhood was pretty. Uh, your childhood was pretty interesting. You would have had a lot of nationalities. Well, nationality growing up, yeah, the, uh, heritage-wise, but uh, growing up here in Australia was a bit of a challenge. Tell us about, where is your father and your mother come from? Where did they come from? Uh, Dad was born in Russia, but the her- heritage is actually Latvian. Goodness me. Yeah, my mum was uh, born in Poland, but she's actually she was actually German. Oh. I was born in Germany, but I am Australia. 
100 percent. I've heard you do that in your shows that many fucking times. <laughs> uh, but out here in Australia, it's a bit bloody hard. You know, my, my street, I, uh, I, I, I recall uh, Friday nights particularly and Saturday nights were bad. They're mostly all refos up up the street, including us. Was that because of alcohol? Uh, well, I think more be more because of PTSD and all the shit from the war. Right, know? right, right, right. Because they're all, you know they're all from all over the place. Well, alcohol certainly wouldn't uh, certainly amplify. Yeah, all and that. then yeah, wife bashings and all that sort of shit yeah, would yeah. happen, you know. Mm-hmm. And kids would be bashed as well too, you know. Dear which, idea. I was a bit fortunate because uh, my dad wasn't like that, so but I remember my dad a couple of times. I'd sort of had come to, to come to tours with him, and uh, I, I looked at death in the eye and lived, which was yeah, sort of prompted me to leave home at a very early age. But what about you, mate? You, you, you've, had, you've had a bit of a, a bit of a roughie yourself. Death in the eye. I looked death in the eye. And, and lived. lived. Yeah, that's my dad. Yeah. yeah, no, that's your fucking songwriting and poetry coming out of you there. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Uh, oh, no, I had a terrible up, you know, as a child. But you don't, as a kid, you don't think about these things. You no, only think you about don't. them later. But we were really poor. I mean, my mum was... But I bet you laughed often. Well, my mum was a cripple and dad was uh, often out looking for work and stuff, that, you know, wherever he could find it and very little. But, um, yeah, we were really poor. And, you know, I grew up without thinking about all of that. It was just, uh, I had to sort of... I mean, you've heard the expression "grow up hard, grow up quick." Well, I suppose that's, uh, you know, I, I don't know whether I've ever grown up. <laughs> I grew up hard, but I don't know whether I I've think grown that's, up. that's the case for many. <laughs> See that bloke been about a dinkum bushman? There's no doubt. With a handshake hard as old vice grips, he grew up hard and grew up quick. Since twelve years old, been on the run, breaking horses by the ton. Break him in with a rain and whip He grew up hard and grew up quick Been on the road a while, you see He knows each town in this country Quick to bite like a heel of nip He grew up hard and grew up quick Been to all the social balls Been in all the hotel brawls Lost a few by the swollen lip He grew up hard and grew up quick Riding horses since knee high, come undone up in the sky. Never killed, but just hurt a bit. Grew up hard and grew up quick. Smoke roll racehorse, tight and thin. Come from a good lot cabin tin. Lights up well from a campfire stick. Grew up hard and grew up quick. Been on the road a while, you see. He knows each town in this country. Quick to bite like a heel of nip. Grew up hard and grew up quick So if you see this bloke around There might be one in your hometown He smokes and swears and drinks a bit He grew up hard and grew up quick Grew up hard and grew up quick Grew up hard and grew up quick Got dragged up hard and dragged, <laughs> dragged up. Come here, you bastard. We'll get you up. I went to... Uh, that's, uh, that was Matt Manning, of course. Uh, grew up hard, grew up quick. But I went to... Um, you know, when I was a kid growing up in the bush, I was only a tiny little fella. And I was picked on a lot because of that. And, but the kids... Seriously, the kids were twice my size. Literally twice my size at the same age. 
uh, and uh, it was just horrendous sometimes, especially when I remember through, you know, growing up through Gundawindi and Moree, uh, those places, uh, a lot of my friends, uh, especially in Gundawindi and Moree, were Aboriginal kids because we lived on that side of town. We lived in the poor side of town. Uh, so, uh, and that was your clan? It was my clan in a way. Yeah. You know, uh, you know uh, I've been thinking about this sort of stuff too in, in terms of uh, the bullying and the, and the intimidation you get at school. Mm. I, I guess there's not one thing that, that happens in, in your later life that hasn't happened to you before. So in a sense, you get to, you can take it. And, and you spit them in the eye and you sort of just walk away because, you know, they're not, it's not going to affect you. Yeah. You, you, know, you know, you're soft better. I think, luckily, some people work out that way, but some of us, especially people like me, who were bullied, like, the entire time, uh, I, I have a... I fold really easily under pressure. Mm. I'm not, uh, not a good person like that at all, you know. Um, I, I'd, me, I just pick my fights now. No, I, I always don't. have. I try not. I remember. To I remember when I left. I left at a very early age and had to sort of work my way around a bit. And well, same here. <laughs> I mean, I, I left home when I was uh, when I was just after Mum died. Uh, I was about fifteen or sixteen. I left home for the first time. Ran away for three or four weeks till somebody brought me back. Yeah, yeah. The adventures of Manny and Picks. Yeah, I left at fourteen too and uh, never looked back until I was about. Oh shit! Twenty-four or there after the army, but uh, the the thing was that there was a lot of opportunities on the road as well, you know, for work and stuff. And I remember you know, it worked worked on the snowy scheme for a little bit. Uh, the uh, with all those other foreign itineraries, with all those other yeah, all that group worked up at Ingham, cutting <laughs> cane before they put the bloody harvesters in. Kikes, kikes, wops, dagos, poles, Jesus, you name it. Chungs and ching, well, whatever. All They're the, all there. All, all there. <laughs> and it was the same in other areas as well too, up at bloody Carnarvon, Western Australia, on the Yankee Tracking Station, and then down on the bloody Nullarbor as well. All over. Where would we be without the foreign workers? Where would any country be? You know, it's, it's ridiculous how we, we come up with these names from. But they're sort of a names of endearment in a way. Isn't oh it? well, I, I, I take it as a wog. I mean, they still call me. Oh, was it Western Oriental gentleman? Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you what. One thing though, I that, was, uh, that, that name. That name, sorry, that name came about because of Western Oriental gentleman. That name came about because of the first time that people saw Asians wearing suits. <laughs> oh dear. But the one thing I avoided like the plague, much to my chagrin, was uh, uh, station work. I mean, yes, it had its glamour about riding horses and all that sort of shit. But I, but 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 the long hours and the poor pay. I mean, I look back on it now, and I'm sorry that I didn't because it probably would have helped me a little bit. But uh, and I avoided it like a plague. Same Farm work, no Same way. Here. Yeah, I couldn't do it either. It, there's a smell to it. There's a there's a it has a smell that type of. Uh, that type of industry, I always tend, whenever you go into it, remember the old stock and station agents used to go into, it smelt like uh, pollard and, 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 and dusty floors and, <laughs> oh, and lanolin, lanolin now, beams. And now your, uh, now your farm, a farm college in Tamworth is coming out, right? <laughs> Probably so, but, but it did, it always had that, um, yeah. It always had that smell about it. It was, um, it was sort of off. Well, it makes me, it, it sort of depressed me every time I smelt it. Yeah. yeah. But nowadays, Farmers with their high tech stuff and all the rest of it. Oh God, they can do they can do whirly winds in the paddock and, and, and with the satellite now and, and the yeah. satellite all. And they have drones and sort of all sorts of shit. And, I know. and they've even got bloody internet connection and, and mobile and fucking phones, phones and all that oh. sort of shit. In every rural setting, a 
change it has occurred in cattle yards round sheep pens amongst the dairy herd where once there was serenity a man was on his own for this age of modern wonders every farmer's got a phone we're working in the cow yard dung and dust and flies dropped and rangy drought cows struggling to survive in between the bush talk comes a pretty modern tone and we'll stop its glasses out the farm is on the phone every single farmer's got a phone or Kids, they showed them those. It might be country music or a funny rooster's crow. While riding the new breaker or tractor and alone. Work comes grinding to a halt, the farmer's on the phone. Every single farmer's got a phone. Ringing and a beeping, a hundred k's from home. The maid of Maryborough, the farmers on the phone. She's a neater one. <laughs> a neater one, yes, yeah. indeed. Farmer on the phone. Oh, phone, mobile phones, you know, when they first came out, were, were, you know, the size of doctor's bags in the 80s, I remember, but there was a funny ad that came out in the late 90s, and I still, people still talk about it. It was the first time that, it was sort of, uh, people called it racist, and it was all, there was, oh, there was a whole, there was a whole, there was a whole argument about it at the time when it came out. Uh, I think they had uh, uh, David Gulpalol. Oh, yeah. Um, you, you heard, yeah. Read May He Rest in Peace. Yes, yes. Very sad, but uh, 
I remember it was um, it was him and and uh, the Telstra guy, and they were out in the outback somewhere, and and, uh, and and this was a mobile phone ad, and and it was really really funny at the time, uh, but I doubt whether you could make an ad like that now. But they had to, where it was, uh, he said, "Oh, we're going up here. We're lost. We don't know where we are." And 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 like I said, and uh, the Aboriginal guy, and I think it was David, but the Aboriginal guy goes, uh, "Hey, no, we just got to go over that hill and around that waterhole there." And the bloke says. How did you know that? Some mystical Aboriginal... How did you know that? Some Aboriginal mysticism? He said, no, mobile phone from Telstra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know... It's, it's the funniest uh, ad. <laughs> Talk, talking about David Gulpool, do you remember that scene in uh, in Crocodile Dundee when Linda Kozlowski wanted to take his picture and uh, and he says, oh, no, 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 you can't take picture? He said, well, why is it? Do I take something? No, 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 no. no. Your lens cap on your camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just love those things, those cultural yeah, things. Little that quirky people, things, yeah. Yeah, that, that uh, you know, it sort of makes fun of the cultural thing, yeah. light of the cultural thing, but, but that's a good that's, thing. That's inherent in, like, in, in Aboriginal culture. Uh, um, irony. Irony is a good thing. Like uh, when, um, when Undamura um, was in uh, um, Brand New Day, he got out of the bus and he picked up a stick and he, he waved it at the bus. For, for throwing him off the bus, he waved the stick at the bus and the bus had a blowout and he looked at the stick and got, oh shit, and throw it away, threw it away. <laughs> That's right. It was the funniest uh, scene. Yeah, yeah. The Stumpster and the Grumpster. Mate, I hear you complaining a shitload about rock and roll and cowboy boots and cowboy hats. Now this fellow is a mate of mine. He's a, he's a veteran, a couple of, a couple of tours in Afghanistan and uh, I think in Iraq as well too. And he got out and made himself, got himself a group. Uh, Tony Quinn. Have a listen to this. I'm not going to say any shit about him. Just as well. Have a listen to this. Been a long week, worked so hard, my fingers down to the ball bones. It's Friday night and I'm driving like a freight train, trying to make it home. On the blacktop, honey, trying to make it there. But baby, there's one thing you should know that I'm trucking proud, singing loud, driving all day long to the sun around, shifting up and shifting down all day long. Yeah, I'm trucking proud, I'm around town, going north, south, east, west, anywhere.
Oh, truck and proud. Jesus Christ, mate. That's yeah. a bit rocky for this time of the morning. Or no, morning I thought I was hoping they'd give you the shits. No, it didn't. I rather liked it. I uh, do like me rock and roll, but I can't necessarily call it country. Well, we're not calling it either. We're calling it yeah. truck and proud. Truck and proud. Yeah. yeah. I think oh. there's a bit of... What's the name, too? Truck and, look, truck and music's had a long association with country music. Of course it has. But, and uh, rock and roll. Yeah, and rock and roll, obviously. Yeah, we need to truck the, truck the bands all over the oh, show. Oh, shut up or I'll play fucking teddy bear. Oh, no. <laughs> it's stumpy and grumpy. So did you bring any more fucking rock and roll in a cowboy hat today? Oh, probably. Oh, I could be surprising yet. I've got some... Hey, hey, I've I got someone from Tasmania. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. I just You had that look about you. Yeah. I uh, was born under the shadow of Cradle Mountain, so were these guys. Yeah, from Launceston. Well Launceston. said. Launceston. Well said. I've, I've, I've schooled you on that. <laughs> you know, I love Hobart. Absolutely love Hobart, and uh, well, Tasmania in general. But Hobart's one of these wonderful uh, um, uh, towns in winter, uh, in winter especially, uh, because you can go down to Hobart when it's snowing up on the on the bluff, you see snow around, and yet in in the town itself, because of the it's got a microclimate, the atmosphere is guarded by the bluff. Yeah, like in Salamanca, down at Salamanca Market, for instance, you walk around in shorts and t-shirts. Love it down there. It's almost like a would that be called an inver, a reverse inversion layer or something? Oh, how oh. how uh, how uh, 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 meteorological? How yeah, that's the word I was trying to think of. Fuck me, hey. Oh, meteorological. That's, that was meteorological. the word. Meteorological. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Round here we get how that cascade blue. Start throwing them back when there ain't much to do. Everybody around here knows my last name. It's written on the roadside and written on the gate. Right around six, there's a red sunset. If there's anything better, man, I ain't seen it yet. Everybody needs a place that they know they come. Keep my boots in the dirt till my name's in the stone.
Brothers ain't well, seen it yet. Yeah, yeah, I love them. They're a great bunch of. They are, they're aren't bunch. they? Yeah. But I love Brody Rainbird. He sounds like a, he sounds like he should be an Indian. My name is Brody Rainbird. Oh, that was really. The, woo, how well, that, that'd be racist? Right? Surely that'd be racist, wouldn't it? Why not? Because we can. <laughs> because we can. It's our podcast. Yes. Yeah, so oh there. fuck racism! I hate it. All right. <sighs> um, yeah, and uh, well, that's almost an, almost another podcast. It's time for a poem, Manfred. Well, if that's and I leave that up to you. I leave you to pick a poems because that's you know that's your bag. Yeah, I, when uh, back in my hometown, uh, when Stuttgart, we were, <laughs> where when did you we, come from? When we were very very young, um, every every Sunday the uh, there's there's a, there's a local bunch that would have a thing called choir practice, oh. and what what would happen is that you would uh, we would go to the uh, the pub. Uh, there was only six o'clock. Uh, Six o'clock closing back in those days in Victoria as and well. And no so, women in the public back. Uh, that's right. We'd go, <laughs> we'd go to the back, see the publican, pick up, uh, either a nine, mostly a nine gallon keg and take it down, down to the river, tap the bus and sit down and drink. Drink it dry. And that's where I learned my first lesson in drinking. This older bloke, he was probably about Did he touch you 20, up? 25 or something. He said, Hey, slow down, mate. When you're paying for it, you take your time. When it's free, that's when you guzzle. Oh, and I... we were paying for it. It was a buddy keg, weren't it? We was... <laughs> How about that? Sunday morning, choir practice. Sunday morning, choir. In the country, yeah. It's an excuse for drinking. And which leads us straight into Jack Drake and Big Drinkers. See you next week, folks. See ya. Now me and Chaz were wild ones. We was hard and rugged men, tough and seasoned bushmen. I was 12 and he was 10. We'd grown up in the country. We knew horses, men and dogs and reckoned it was long past time we took up drinking grog. Sunday afternoon was when we had some time to play. We had church each Sunday morning and that wasted half a day. Our mums would drag us there each week all scrubbed behind the ears. Chaz nudged me in the churchyard and said, Mate, I got some beer. If our parents knew what we had planned, they would have had a fit. So we met in deepest secret at the council gravel pit. Chaz was on his push bike with a long neck for a load and I'd pinched a flask of fruit wine off Mad Harry up the road. We hit his bike and my old pony in a handy patch of scrub and began a practice session for when they'd let us in the pub drinking beer out of the bottle. 
Two hard cases on the hoof. Hairy-chested he-men, ten foot tall and bulletproof. We guzzled down the long neck like we couldn't get enough. I thought Fanta tasted better, but I drank it. I was tough. And though we were only starting out, we knew the drinker's code. We pulled the cork out of the wine flask to have one more for the road. Now even seasoned drinkers said that plonk was pretty bad and they reckoned drinking it was what had drove Mad Harry mad. So soon us hardened renegades had gone weak at the knees, reeling round in circles and chundering on the trees. We shoved our heads into the river, trying hard to sober up, buzzing heads and squirming stomachs like a pair of poison pups. Chaz slurred, I can't go home. They're milking and, and I have to do a bit and, and, I, and I'm so bloody shickered I, I couldn't find a tit. So we headed back to my place, two sick and sorry sights. I was falling off me pony, Chaz was falling off his bike. We hid out behind the stables till we didn't feel so crook. And mum sprung us there at sundown and she picked us with one look. Oh, she wasn't real happy cause we stunk a stale beer And even he-men can't keep secrets when mum's twisting on your ear The old girl got the story, she gave us up to dad And he had trouble trying not to laugh, we looked that sore and sad Well, mum rang Chaz's parents to ask if he could stay the night And they never heard what happened, my oldies were all right We were still hard-bitten bushmen, but we swore off wine and beer, and I don't think we touched another drop for six or seven years. Come back again for another weekly adventure with Stumpy and Grumpy. If you don't like it, who cares? If you do, we'll be back next week with another episode of Stumpy and Grumpy. Uh.